and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I am David Wilson, joined on the line, as always, by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald, who's out in beautiful Denver, Colorado. How's it going, Anthony? Good. Just just landed for the three-game trip, um, and it's going to be a good test for the Heat. Three road games and four nights against three pretty good teams. Yeah, we were talking last night before the game that uh, I think you said like a one-in-two road trip would pretty much be good, but I, I don't even know if we were expecting <laughs> saw it last night uh, where the Heat just absolutely throttled the Rockets. Um, we're up by, what, 41 was it the biggest lead in the second quarter? Uh, yeah, something like that. It was 40-something. I don't yeah. think it ever got closer than like 25 after the first quarter. I mean, just... Not we both had pretty high expectations for this team, but uh, they just continue to kind of blow us away. It seems like every every time we talk. Yeah, I guess our expectations weren't high enough. I mean, yeah. I can't like yeah. We went into last night. I remember you and I were getting dinner, and we said this four game stretch, which including Charlotte last night, night, yeah. If they go two and two, that's good. Yeah, one and three even is not great, but at least. You survive. You come back home from playing your six or your first nine with a, you know, I think you would be five and four at that point. Mm-hmm. But they won last night. So now all they have to do is go one and two on this trip, and they come out two and two in that span. So um, last night was huge. They dominated. A, you know, it's not like they were playing the worst team in the league. They were playing yeah. Houston, who hasn't been playing great. They have one of the worst defenses in the league, but they still yeah. have James Harden. They still have Russell Westbrook. And... They won the first quarter 46 to 14, most points ever in a first quarter for the Heat. The largest margin they've ever won a quarter in franchise history. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, you, can't, you could not have scripted a better start to the season for the Heat. I mean, from not just the results, but the way guys are playing, like, this has been the perfect start for them. Yeah, we don't have to dive too much into uh, the game from last night, but one thing, I mean, I think we. I expected them to kind of score a lot against Houston because you know their defense, uh, especially like with the way the modern you know scoring is just going to go up. They have a chance to probably have one of the worst defenses ever, or you know, cause just just because like they're going to be teams allowing more points than ever this year. So I expected them to score, but I also, I mean, Jimmy Butler looked like you know obviously we've talked mostly about what he's going to do for the offense. Just you know they don't have those kind of three or four minute total breakdowns when he's on the court because he can make tough shots and create shots for other guys. But his defense on James Harden was like pretty tremendous. I know Harden's been off to a slow start, but he's, you know, he's the kind of one of the few guys who can really, you know, one of the the few guys who's a very good offensive player who can also, you know, he doesn't get beat on those step backs. He's kind of right on James Harden. He's like the perfect kind of guy to guard Harden, which of course, won't matter in the postseason unless somehow these two teams meet in the finals. But the Heat, as good as, you know, they have some great, great defensive players, obviously, with Bam and, and Justice. But Jimmy is just a different type of perimeter defender uh, that can, you know, the defense has not, you know, they've, they've, the offense has probably been what's more impressive than the defense so far this year. But it's just a reminder that, you know, once they get him, Justice, Bam, all on the court, I think Jimmy and Justice only played 15 minutes together this year. This defense is going to be awesome. Yeah, and, and and Jimmy, he wasn't only guarding James. He was guarding Russell Westbrook at yeah. times, too. Like, that's – he just – I mean, he can pretty much guard one through four. 
yeah. you know, with his body type and his athleticism. And it's like you said, I mean, the offense has been more impressive than the defense, but I only because I think we didn't expect this from the offense. Right. Like the defense, we kind of knew, probably going to be a top five defense most likely. But offensively, like, they, they're putting up big numbers. I think they're averaging the most points through the first six games in franchise, which is kind of an obscure stat. But still, that just shows you how good of a start they've gotten to offensively. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of surprising. I mean, the defense is, we, we thought was going to be good, but the offense has also been, I think, top 10 in the league yeah. to start the year. Yeah. So we've kind of run out of ways to talk about how impressed we are <laughs> with the start. Uh, so today we're going to play a little game of uh, buy or sell. Uh, basically, kind of, we, we've talked about it in, in various ways, but never necessarily made it our whole focus. It's just how sustainable is all this? What do what have we learned from these first six games that really will, will matter 60 games into the season? Uh, today we're going to try to answer some of those questions. You have six games. It's a small sample size, but it's you know a couple of weeks of basketball. They've had to use a lot of different lineups, and it seems like we've really been able to learn a lot already. So uh, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Number one, uh, Heat enter Monday with the top net rating in the league ahead of the second-place Lakers. Uh, are we buying that they're uh, – I won't even say – the number one team in the league are they are we buying that they're really an elite team uh it depends on how you define elite i would say i, I let's think say, let's say top five uh, top five top ten where, where, what do you kind of think for that is, is that kind of range possible i think top ten is possible yeah i agree with that i think top ten i mean are they not i mean number one net rating is pretty impressive and that just yeah. shows you a bit of a start they've gone off to i think they're as far as defensive rating, they are uh, fourth, and then offense ninth, like we just talked about, um, and that equals the the top in that rating ahead of the Lakers, ahead of the Clippers, ahead of uh, Philly, who's undefeated. Um, and it's and if you look at the point differential too, the Heat leads the NBA in point. I mean, a lot of that was because of the Houston game, but still, they lead the NBA in point differential too. So, I mean, yeah, that they're pretty not- regularly they're pretty regularly up double digits at the. Yeah. Against the Hawks, they were up double digits for most of the second half, both of those games. Um, and their only loss was, was close. And, and then, yeah, Minnesota. The back back. Yeah, Minnesota, and they lost down there. It was tied with three minutes left, and they lost down the stretch. So um, right now you have to say they're an elite team. I think they have the potential to be a top-10 NBA team throughout the whole season. And really, David, I mean, Philly, I think, is the best team in the East still. I still think Milwaukee over the long run is better than Miami. But other than that, I mean, Boston, Toronto, I guess Indiana, I think the Heat are right there. I don't yeah. see why they couldn't be three in the East and four. I mean, they should be fighting for a top four seed in the East. Yeah, that, that next tier in the East, I think, is better than we thought it was going to be. Obviously, the Sixers, you know, they're the only undefeated team left going into Monday. Uh, they look like the best team in the East. I agree with you that Milwaukee will probably still be number two by the end of the year. They've got you know some moving pieces. Uh, I think Mal- losing Malcolm Brogdon just is an underrated loss for them. But then after that, I mean, I, I think people thought, I, th- I guess the consensus is probably Boston is the number three, and that still might be the case. But, I mean, the Heat are better than I think even we expected. The, Ra- the Raptors look awesome with Pascal Siakam taking it up a notch and Fred VanVleet taking it up a notch. Um Indiana, if Victor Oladipo gets back on the court at some point relatively soon, could potentially be in that mix. But, yeah, I mean, four 
top three, top four, that should certainly be the goal. And, and maybe even top two if Milwaukee takes some time to get on track. Because, you know, right now the Heat, what, what surprised me most about their start is not that they are good. It's how quickly they've become good with <laughs> incorporating, you know, started two rookies a couple times this year. They obviously, you know, Jimmy missed the first three games and they had to change their lineup over in, game, in the fourth game and, you know, didn't have any hiccups just how quickly they have kind of incorporated all these new pieces to become one of the you know 10 best teams in the league and right now obviously maybe the best team in the league is is pretty astonishing and obviously kind of bodes well for for if you kind of expect them to just keep improving throughout the season which i don't think there's necessarily a reason to think they won't get better other than maybe maybe kendrick nunn levels off and maybe we saw it a little bit last night but i mean they're gonna they they like I said, Jimmy and Justice have only played, I think, 15 minutes together yeah. all year. And they have a bunch of young guys that are going to improve. And yeah, as you know, we mentioned in last week's podcast, Eric Spolstra's teams usually play their best basketball in March and April. So, yeah. I mean, history shows that the Heat's best basketball is ahead of them, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump more in specifically into the offense. Uh, they were below off average in almost every offensive category last year. Right now they have a top 10 offensive rating, number nine in the league, averaging 117.8 points a game. Highest scoring average through six games in franchise history, as you mentioned. Rebuying this offense, being fixed after how uh, sluggish, I guess I would say it was last year. It's definitely better than last year. I don't know if everything is fixed, but I, I think it's pretty crazy. Like They're doing all of this, and the offense looks so good, and they're averaging the most turnovers in the NBA. Yeah. Like, how is that? Po- they're like one of the most efficient offenses. I think field goal percentage wise, they're second in the league behind the Clippers. Three point percentage wise, they're third. Um, obviously, the assists. You know, last last night was a one of the best assist nights. Like, you know, in franchise history, the ball movement has been great, but the turnovers, they've been the worst in the league, which is pretty pretty crazy. But I I do think those turnovers could become an issue. Um, over time. I mean, that's hard to overcome. I've done it so far, but that's something they're going to really have to clean up. But I do think the offense has improved, but I don't think that um, I don't think that all the issues are solved. And I wouldn't expect Miami to continue shooting 40% from three for the rest of the year and 40, you know, 48% from the field for the rest of the, for the year, year as well. I mean, they're, they're shooting it really well right now. Um, but, you know, it's probably going to level off a little bit. They'll probably finish Somewhere in the middle on offense, like 15th around there. They're ninth right now. But, you know, it is improved. Yeah. But I still think there's some, you know, the turnovers are a concern. Yeah, I would guess probably they finish in the 10 to 15 range. Um, and then they win mostly with a defense that should be in the top five. Uh, because, like you said, the, the shooting percentage will probably drop a little bit. The turnovers, though, I would guess will also, you know, they're not going to finish as the worst uh, turnover team in the league. But there's a, I mean, there are, there's a lot to like about this offense. You know, there were times last year when the offense looked really good when they could have five passers on the floor, and, and they kind of have that pretty regularly this year now that Bam is kind of hogging most of the minutes at center, and he's such a willing passer. They've got more shooters than they had a year ago. I think Goran just being back to pretty much, like, all-star level Goran, you know, he's probably not going to be an all-star this year, but I think the East is, it's a you know, the year he made it, it was a little easier to be an all-star guard in the East. 
But I, I mean, I think he's every bit as good as he was two years ago, and they're going to limit his uh, playing times to keep him fresh. As you know, he's still, I guess, coming back from an injury from what that cost him a lot of last year and just just age. Uh, but I think they have way more reliable scoring options than they did a year ago between him, between Tyler, who is, even if he's had his ups and downs, like you expect from a rookie is a guy who really can create his own shot. And then obviously Jimmy. So, you know, there's, there's enough to like there to think that, you know, top 10 is certainly possible for this team, but I I think 10 to 15 is probably a little bit more likely. And and real quick, I, I mean, I think it's important to remember, too, before the season, we said, you know, this team was, one. I think, one of the wor- five worst offenses in the league last year. Yeah. If they can get to 15. Just That's a huge leap. A huge leap. You pair that with a top five defense, which is what, kind of what we expected, top seven defense, let's say. That's a playoff team. Yeah. And that's a team that could probably contend for a four or five seed in the East. So, um, you know, they're, they're obviously ninth right now. But if they fall back to 15th, that's not a disappointment. Like, that is a big improvement. And that is kind of that was kind of the goal going into the year, just to be average. Don't be one of the you know least efficient, worst offenses in the league. So I think that's important to remember. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be a playoff team. I, yeah. I feel pretty confident. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jimmy averaging just fourteen point seven points per game this year. He hasn't been the Heat's leading scorer yet, which is pretty wild. But he has been awesome on defense, as we talked about. Do you buy him just being more valuable on defense than offense to this team? Um, I don't buy that. I think he's obviously very valuable on defense, but I just think what he can do offensively is unique for this team. You know, like we talked about, this team has so many good defenders. And I'm not saying they'd be a top five defense without Jimmy, but this team was a top 10 defense. I think there were seven last year in defense without Jimmy. So this is, this is a good, like, this is a good defensive team without him. But I think offensively, he means so much. Um, he has on the team in scoring, but he, I mean, he's averaging a, a team high in assists. I think like seven point something assists per game. Um, he, he creates for others. He's getting to the free throw line. He commands double teams. Like he's really important offensively. Um, so I, I, I'm going to sell this one. Yeah, I will also sell because points aren't the whole reason that Jim is great. Obviously, the, the assists and and the willingness to be a facilitator is what makes this offense great right now. And I think Spo mentioned it after the game last night. One of the things they really liked when they were targeting Jimmy was that he'd never ever, I don't remember the exact number, but he'd never averaged more than like 14 shots a game or something like that in a season. It's 14, 15, something in that range. So he is a superstar who does not, is not your typical ball dominant superstar like most superstars are in the league right now. Ball dominant might not be the right word, but is not the shoot first superstar. He is kind of an old school point guard, almost in a small forwards body. And it makes him massively valuable to this team. And and it's exactly why I think they liked him. He is a perfect fit to maximize all these guys on offense because all these guys, no one has still, no one really has the conventional uh, score first, Skill set, other than maybe Kendrick Nunn. Everyone on this team, whether it's, it's Justice is great because of his passing. Bam is great because of his, you know, it, what takes him from being just a good, like, rim-running center to being a potentially great rim-running center is how good of a passer he is. You know, Tyler, I, I guess, is maybe the other guy who's sort of a score-first type attitude, but most of these guys are 
just it, we've talked about it a lot. It's so cohesive on offense, yeah. which was not the case last year. It just fits. But yeah. defensively, that's not to say Jimmy has been great defensively, though. I mean, yes. yeah, league, yeah, yeah. averaging a league high 4.3 steals, uh, you know, with him on the court, the Heat have posted an 82.8 defensive rating, which is the best, you know, out of any Heat player this season. Um, he has been an all def. you know, it's early, so I played three games. But he looks like he deserves a spot, you know, if this continues on on all defense team, which isn't that would not would not be a surprise. But you know, if, at this pace, Dave, I know my you know I want to. It's early again, but uh, you know, my bold prediction was Jimmy is going to be a candidate for the MVP if this continues, and they are three in the East, and you know, from in the improvement they made from last year, and Jimmy's the big addition. He's going to be on that list, so uh, you know, uh, just something to keep in mind that I might be right at the end of the at the end. Well, of the I I feel pretty good about maybe being right about picking him for All NBA. So we're both okay. That's true. You're good. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, speaking of Bam, he's averaging five point two assists per game, second in the league among centers behind only Nikola Jokic. Do you buy him as this sort of passing big man? We'll we'll make it more specific. Can he finish second in the league in assists among centers? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, that's a good question. I, 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 I buy it. The Heat are running so much offense through him. Um, and there's so many guys, like you said, who can make shots. And this, the ball movement is so good on this team that I, I think he's, I think he's an average around five assists a game. Like, I think he can sustain this. I mean, he's already had, I think, one eight assist game, one seven assist game. Um, so, you know, I, to me, Bam is one of the most important players on this team. Like what he does for this team defensively, and then also offensively. You know, his ability to move the ball, his ability to guard different positions is so important. Um, he's going to play a lot of minutes, so I, I do think he's going to finish second most. I think third right now is Kevin Love. Um, I think he's averaging like four point something. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I do think Bam averaged five assists. He's a very good passer, um, and the Heat are running a lot of offense through him. Yeah, I'm going to sell that he can average more than five a game this year, just because I think. But again, we have not seen Jimmy and Justice play together. I think it's just going to – he's going to – they're not going to run this much offense through him, just not because he's not great, but just because there's other guys. But, yeah, I think he could definitely finish second among centers. I guess the question is, like, the, the centers who are really, like, their team's best players, like, will Towns just naturally – kind of average a ton of assists because he's going to have the ball in his hands so much more than Bam. Um, maybe uh, Joel Embiid probably not just because of Ben Simmons' presence there. But, yeah, he is uh, – put Bam in the skills competition. Let's do that, right? I mean, he's yeah. like that kind of center that is – you know, he brings the ball up. Whenever he gets a rebound and there's some room, he's bringing the ball up. They're obviously running a lot through him in the high post. I, I think we said – in the preseason that you know he could be the guy who's the second leading scorer on the team just because he's going to play so much and have the ball in his hands a lot 
And, I mean, he's looking like that kind of guy on offense right now who's just – you can't keep the ball out of his hands because he's too good in, in too many different phases of the game on offense. He hit, he hit a three the other night. I mean, he's clearly more confident uh, shooting kind of mid-range jump shots. So he has taken a massive step forward on that side of the ball and on defense, which is obviously has gotten him a lot of his attention so far this season. Yeah, and, and I was wrong. Third is Julius Randle. So I want to make that correct. Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Four okay, points. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. But one one other thing. Um, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Just, just start over. Three, two, one. Let's do it again. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. All right. All right. Three, two, one. All right. Next one on here. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Myers Leonard, Tyler Hero. All four have been varying degrees of impressive to start this season. Uh, let's do rapid fire, buy or sell, just kind of on each of them. Whether you think they this is real or partially real, I guess it's going to be hard to know to, to kind of say exactly what real means. But but do you kind of buy or sell these guys' starts? Um, I buy Kendrick Nunn. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to lead the team in scoring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I do think he is a scorer. Like, he belongs in the NBA. I think that's obvious. Uh, he's a talent, um, and he's going to help this team. Um, mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson, I think – Duncan Robinson, I think it's kind of going to be like this. Kind of how this season started from is going to how it's going to be. Like, there's going to be some games where he doesn't play much, but then there's going to be other games where he's hot and he makes five threes. Like, that's just going to be his role with this team. Um, so I think he'll make an impact, but I don't think it'll be an every game impact like maybe some of these guys on this list. Um, Myers Leonard, he kind of started off slow. I know we were talking, yeah. all of us were talking about him after the you know good preseason. Uh, the first three or four games, he was you know, pretty quiet. Um, but the last two games he's played very well. He started. Um, I think we expect Kelly eventually to be in the starting lineup in place of Myers, but Myers has looked good. Um, and again, he's going to have his ups and downs. There'll be games where he gets two points and there'll be games like Sunday against Houston where he gets 21 points. Um, but he's going to, I think he is going to be a part of the, you know, consistent part of the rotation. And then Tyler Hero, I buy him. I think he, at 19 years old, what he's able to do, yes, there's going to be ups and downs, but I think his skill set is very valuable in today's NBA, and he's only going to get better. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a really good bench player for this team. Yeah, to me, if you, I guess, were kind of ranking their starts, you'd probably go none one, Tyler two, I guess Duncan three, Myers four, but they're pretty much interchangeable. Yeah, I can agree with I, that. I think- I think by the end of the year, it'll be Tyler one, probably Kendrick two, and then I'll go Myers three, Dunk. Duncan's the one who I kind of buy least, just because, like you were saying, he's going to be in and out of the rotation. And, you know, especially, like, if Dion is kind of the – we'll get to him later, but he's just kind of lingering as another guy who sort of plays that same sort of wing spot. Obviously, you know, Justice and Jimmy – Again, have not played a lot together. I just think the minutes are not going to be there for Duncan in the same way. Derek Jones hasn't played in a while either. So I just think the minutes are not going to be there for him to be much more than a guy who, who comes in once every couple games and, and maybe hits a couple threes. Uh, I think, I don't remember if it was you or maybe it was Ira actually last night who compared him to uh, Wayne Ellington kind of last year where just yeah. he went out, you know, there would be like five games in a row where he doesn't appear and then he'd come in and hit a couple threes. Uh, that's probably his role on this team. Myers, again, like, 
I think he is kind of what he is. Kelly's just better than him, and they kind of do similar stuff. So he'll play because, you know, he's a center, and you need to have three guys who can kind of play that kind of real traditional post sort of spot. Uh, but I think he's the clear number three behind Bam and Kelly in the, in the sort of big man role. Kendrick Nunn, you know, there, there's always, it seems like every game he kind of maybe starts slow and you're like, oh, is this Kendrick Nunn thing over? And then he heats up in the second half. Monday against the Rockets was kind of the first time he didn't, but he also didn't have to because that game was a blowout. So I, I think he's red hot right now. He's good, but he's red hot right now. He's going to, He's the one young guy that I maybe don't see his production ticking up as the season goes on just because it seems unsustainable. Maybe we're, we're wrong, but you know, it just seems a little unsustainable right now. And he's obviously older, so he's a little bit more of a, a finished product than a guy like Tyler. Whereas Tyler, I think he's just going to get more consistent as the year goes on. Um, so I, I, for the most part, you know, I buy Kendrick, I buy Tyler with uh, a little bit more of a sell toward Duncan and a sell toward Leonard. But, I I mean, again, Spo changes rotations all the time, so all those guys will chip in. Yeah, I I, I think I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. All right, last couple ones are about two guys who have not played very much this year, one of whom has not played at all this year. Uh, First one, James Johnson finally got back on the court last night and looked pretty good uh, against the Rockets. Do you buy him as a uh, part of this rotation now? I, I buy that he'll eventually be a consistent part of the rotation. I just I'm not sure immediately um, because I think we have to remember that you know his minutes came with, with Justice, who I know is a point guard, but he's also a forward. So yeah. um, honestly, the could, role he was playing last night felt pretty Justice. Justice like, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. James Justice was out. Derek Jones was out. Um, so those two guys are going to be a part of the rotation probably when they get back. So might be hard to fit James in there. But I think what you saw yesterday was there is a place for James on this team. Like, he can help this team, especially against certain against certain opponents. Like, Houston, you know, Eric Spolscher mentioned it yesterday. Like, they just have so many dynamic playmakers that for a guy, if you have a guy who can switch on to different players, like, it helps, you know, it helps the Heat so much. And that's what James can do. Like, his defensive versatility uh, is very is very valuable. And he was guarding Russell Westbrook at times last night, and he stayed in front of them. Um, so just that alone, forget the offense. Like, there is a place for James because of his defense. And then offensively, he played well. You know, he can handle the ball. He can facilitate. He made a couple threes last night. Um, so it was an encouraging step for James. But, you know, I think obviously the Heat want to see more. Um, but, you know, I think eventually he will be a part of this team, um, you know, consistently. Yeah, I think – it's kind of the same with like Duncan and and what I mentioned with you know Derek obviously still being out. I just how many minutes are they going to be to go around? I think it's going to be like kind of a night to night thing, which it kind of was last year too. But I mean, obviously, you know, it's kind of interesting if you you know you think of who like the forwards are going to be. Like Jimmy's going to play a lot. You know, they got Tyler in a wing spot. Obviously, Justice is like a point forward, and then you know that kind of that next group of Derek Duncan. And uh, James all do different things. And like you said, he's going to have a role. So I think it's going to be the the case with all those guys that there are going to be some nights where they maybe only play five minutes and there's going to be some nights when they play 25 minutes. So I I think it's hard to say he's like a lock to be part of like their eight-man, nine-man rotation, like whatever, you know, like 
the the playoff rotation, I guess, when when you start to shrink it. But you know, he's going to be obviously like one of the ten guys who plays the most minutes. So I, I guess that's how I'll answer it. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think he will he'll play for you know a good amount of games this season. I think some the thought was maybe you know during that stretch where he wasn't with the team that maybe. You know, he, he he wouldn't really play much this year. I think he will play a good amount. Yeah, that's but, that's a good point. But I but but I think, like you said, minutes will vary. I think there'll be some games where he has five minutes, and other games where he has twenty five. Like you said, it just depends on the opponent, depends on how he's playing. Um, but you know, there is there is there is a spot for him on this team. I think, and I think you saw that last night, which was you know something that you know not that we yeah, didn't before, know but you last night, I think it would have it would have been a much more difficult question to answer right yeah i agree i think you you know you wanted to see how he fit with this roster it's a kind of a new look roster and and you kind of see a place for him so that that's a good thing for james and the heat all right last one Deion waiters is on this trip in denver yeah uh, is he going to play anytime soon um you know i was surprised last night when james got in the game to be honest so um, you know, there's no telling with Spo. It couldn't be like a spur of the moment decision. But if I had to guess, I don't think he plays on this trip. Um, that would be my guess. But would I be surprised if he? I would, I would be surprised initially that he played, but I wouldn't be like shocked if he played either. Just because he is on the trip, um, he has been practicing with the team. But it's just like you know, there. What? Who do you play him? over that's the big question like with how these guys are playing Kendrick Nunn Tyler Hero Goron obviously Jimmy you know when Justice gets back like where is their room yeah. for for Dion? that that's the tough part about this like you could want to play him but then you got to find minutes for him and you can't it's not about like two or three minutes if Dion gets in the game he's gonna want to like, cons- like a, he's gonna want a good run he's gonna want like 10-12 minutes on the court so uh, that that's the challenge yeah it's crazy. Last year, the Heat did not have enough quality NBA players. This year, they quickly went from having not enough to having maybe too many, depending on how you feel about some of these guys. Uh, so, yeah, he'll play, right? <laughs> like At some yeah. point, he'll play. At so some point, he'll yeah. get traded, right? They're not just going to have him going back into the hiding in the locker room during games anymore. Like that's They can't do that up for a whole season. He's going to either... Get out on the court at some point, or they're gonna find a trade partner, right? Like the, yeah. there's there's no middle ground, I don't think, right now. And, and you know, back. and injuries happen, right? You know, yeah. like, look, look at, with the Heat, Justice is out right now, Derek Jones is out. Injuries happen, or could be, you know, for example, they play LA on a back to back on Friday. Yeah, maybe maybe Goran rests, yeah, and then Dion plays. Don't play Dion plays in his spot. So all it takes is one injury or you know one rest day for Goran. And Dn will have, you know, will be in the rotation. So um, it could happen. I just, if everything stays as is, I just find it hard to think that Spolstra will be able to carve out 10, 12 minutes for him um, with the way the guys are playing. All right, let's wrap up there. Unless you got anything else. What no, are you I'm, on this road I think trip? I talked. I think we talked enough here. Yeah. What are you looking for on this road trip? Um, honestly, the with with the way they won against Houston, all they have to do is go one and two here. You come back six and three after playing six of your first nine on the road. Like, that is a very good start. But ideally for the Heat, if they go two and one, that'd be great. I mean, you come back home seven and two. 
after playing six of your first nine on the road and you with wins over Milwaukee, um, Houston, you know, maybe Denver or LA, like that's that would be the perfect situation for them. So we'll see. I, I you know it's gonna be a tough trip. Three games in, 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 in four days. Phoenix is playing well, Denver's obviously Denver, and the Lakers have LeBron and A D. So it, it's going to be challenging, but I, you know we continue to learn more about this Heat team, and I think we'll learn more over the next few days. Yeah, take care of business in Phoenix. If this team is uh, kind of as good as we think, I know Phoenix is playing better, but that's the kind of team you got to just beat. No, you don't have to blow them out, but you got to beat them on the road if you're. Yeah, that seems like the most winnable one, I think for sure. So yeah. I mean, LA on a back-to-back is tough. I think Denver on Tuesday is definitely you know a very winnable game. That, that LA one's tough, but you know they've obviously if they, they, when they beat Milwaukee on the road without Jimmy, it gives you confidence that they can beat pretty much anyone at any time. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I think uh, the LA one seems like a scheduled loss, just the back to back, and obviously you're playing LA. But like you said, this team continues to surprise us. Yeah. They seem to win games they shouldn't win. So um, who knows? We'll see. We're gonna find out on Friday. All right, Anthony, have fun out on the West Coast. All right, David, talk to you next week. Thank you. See ya.